Blog Talk Radio.
fresh vegetables on the last harvest of the winter solstice. Like, you do all this elaborate stuff. <laughs> and today, because we start with a, an exclusive song, you don't want to do none of that? It threw me off. You were the worst. Um, You're a habit, man. Since it's already been, well, he's already ruined it. Yes, that was a, a new single from our um, soul sister, Esnavi. Um, the single was released yesterday. So, big shout out to Esnavi and her new music. Um, she'll be on the show next week. And we'll be able to talk with her and catch up with her and see, you know, what's, what she got cooking in the studio as far as new music is concerned. And we'll talk about um, the single itself. So, that's what that I was not expecting that you're normally the exclusive person so to, to, to just pass that off to me like that that was weird mm. <laughs> if you say so what's going you on? good I'm, I'm I'm chilling man it was a very very quiet today um, I spent the majority of the day catching up on on work and you know booking guests and artists and getting our um, administrative stuff together, um, you know, getting ready for tonight's show, and, you know, shout out to Yaya, getting that song over to us, so we be ready for um, tonight's show, um, I had a nice conversation with Sister Sweet, um, you know, we all got together to figure out how we were going to reference our our assistant behind the scenes, since um, the word intern has been banned on the Neo Soul show. So shout out to our producer, MJ. I've just been um yeah, moving around, getting stuff together, man, getting stuff in line. You sound like you had a hard day. Every day is a hard day. But you know, I had rehearsal today, so just getting out of that. Speaking of rehearsal, since the first two shows were this past weekend, how how did it go? How how does it feel not being a thespian? Uh, well, you know, I've been in a few productions in the past, but it's been a long time, so it's an experience. I'm actually the only male in the play, so. Was it a good turnout? Did people come out, you know? Uh, yes, actually, aside from the first show, every show since has sold out. So the first show didn't sell out, but every show after that sold out. Right. That's that's pretty good. Normally, it's double, you know, the, the first night is normally to sell out, and then it, you know, dwindles from you know then on to people are more interested in seeing the first show. But that's that's a good look there too. Not too bad at all. So now that you've done the show, can you tell me how many lines you have? <laughs> I don't know how many lines I have. Okay, uh, roughly how long are you on stage? I have a decent-sized role in the play. Okay, you want to tell everybody about your role again? I remember your role. Scientist in the show. You are the a women. scientist. Women have come to my my lab, so I have a pivotal role in the play. I love it. Very, very happy. I'm proud of you, man. Getting your acting thing on. That's all I'm gonna say. What else been going on with you? Oh, actually, before that, are there? Are, you said you just got a rehearsal, so I assume that means that you're gonna be doing some more acting. Uh, the play is running through this weekend. So after this weekend, there won't be any more seeing the Q man on stage. <laughs> Oh, we'll see. That's, we'll see. Okay. You're being real difficult tonight. <laughs> you, you're being real difficult. Y'all want to talk about your, 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 your acting prowess. It's very small play, you know. I can't tell anything. How many, how many, um, how many bars of single strength do you have? 
What happened? How many bars of signal strength are you working with? Three out of five? That's not that bad. Why, I sound bad? Yeah, you did for a minute there. I don't know if it's because you got a rehearsal or because your phone is crap. Yeah, oh, my phone is awful right now. Like, you, you know, Verizon, they know what they're doing because my, uh, my phone has begun to act up. I have a Samsung S3, and it began acting up over the weekend, conveniently a week before the S6 comes out. <laughs> so, you, <laughs> so you think that it, it, it does that on purpose? It I am on purpose in order for you to get a new phone. I am sure that it's doing it on purpose. So are you going to get a new phone? Of course, man. The the man knows how to control me, man. When you talk like that, that I have to change subjects. Because <laughs> you're just not you're not gonna catch me having a conversation with you like that. Oh, come on. I don't I'm not doing it, man. I'm not talking about the man. I like we have a little we have listeners and I'm not doing that. Maybe back when we first started, when, like, the only people that was listening was, like, family members and girlfriends and significant others. Like, we have listeners now. You you come on here every week with your Malcolm X militant demand stuff. I can't, I can't rock with you on all that all the time. Of course, because you're young. Relatively. <laughs> exactly. What else is going on with you? That's about it, man. You know, uh, this play is taking up a lot of my time, so I haven't had much else going on. I, I am excited to see Furious 7 on Friday. Why are you excited to see the movie? Hey, man, that's a good franchise. I was thinking about that today. I remember reading an article that said um, that they had already signed all the actors on for 8, 9, and 10. Mm-hmm. And I just, didn't, I just don't know if I would be interested and seeing the movie um, four more times. <laughs> There's only so much you can do. Well, they find ways to make it interesting. Well, you are... Okay, so you got the transporter and this movie coming up. Well, what, how did it get interesting after that? Transporter? Oh, man. That's going to be great. He's never a villain. Him playing a villain, he's, he's, he should play. I think it's going to be good. So they just going to dredge up all of the old, like, great car actors. So we're going to get Kit and and, and and David Hasselhoff and Knight Rider going to be in Fast and the Furious 8? Oh, I mean, I love Knight Rider. And are we going to get, so then we going to get Starsky and Hutch in their car <laughs> and, and Furious 9? Hey, you never know. I don't want to see it. Um, I was also a Paul Walker fan, so it's going to be a little tough. You know, seeing him on screen. And I have well, met Paul Walker for all you devil's advocate people out there that'll probably say, Why are you talking like you knew him? I did meet him much more than you have. He was not just an actor on the screen. I met him a couple of times. It's going to be a little difficult to see him up there knowing that, like, he didn't make it through the entire song. Yeah, I know his brother. His brother's uh, still been a lot in the scenes that he wasn't in. Okay. I didn't know that. There you go with exclusive. You always you always come through with some information that people most people don't know. Of course. That's what I do. Well, let me do what I do. <laughs> so um did a little research. See who's doing mm-hmm. what and where. So we know that Corey Glover is going to be at a bankrupt house this Saturday, April fourth. Uh you can go to Twitter at a Dinkra house sounds spelled exactly how it sounds A-D-I-N-K-R-A to get the password so that you can be live uh, for Corey Glover uh, former Neil Social guest Micah Chaloye is performing on April 10th in the Vicente Italiano Restaurante <laughs> I'm just glad that I get her last name correct. As long as I say Chevalier, I can mess everything else up. <laughs> I'm cool with that. 
Uh, Terry Sullivan is performing on April 27th in Las Vegas, Nevada. Didn't you say that this Sullivan was going to be in the New York City area at the end of April? Um, in the middle. Uh, I, 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 like second weekend or something like that. All right. So there we go. That MJ, that's why we couldn't figure out why she was in Vegas at the end of the month. Yeah. And as I stated, um, next week on the Neo Soul Show, we are going to have two guests. We're going to be speaking with Oray female singer um, signed with Top Notch Music and you know we've had a great relationship with Top Notch uh, they gave us the opportunity to interview Noel Gordine as well as John Michael so it's another artist in their stable we're going to talk to and next week we're going to have daddy time with S9V have you reached out oh. to S9V yet about this cupcake that we owed her for about almost three years now no, I have. I thought we I thought we all sat down, we had a conversation that you were gonna reach out to her about this cupcake. I know. Just on the strength <laughs> of that we said we were gonna get her this cupcake and you always do these shameless plugs for this cake bakery that you go to. <laughs> Delightful cake creations. See that right there. Shameless plug. Free advertising. To this cake place and you know she's going to ask her about this cupcake when she comes on the show yeah she might did you enjoy the song you, you know you jumped into the show so quickly did you, did you <laughs> enjoy the new single did I what oh it was did great the new single yeah sure of course sounds, it sounds a little different so I'm looking forward to talking with her and chatting with her and you know, seeing what's new and what's going on with her. Well, it definitely sounds different than the norm, but it was good stuff. Good stuff. Cool. This I heard a couple of songs. Um, and I guess this is where uh, I, I remember we discussed this little segment I was going to have, and I definitely thought of something that I was burning on. So that's, I, I heard that song Don't Drop That Dantarant, which told me I'm very old because it was really stupid. And a very long time ago. Like that's not sure. even like what's what's popping in the streets right now. I'm sure it's not. But Okay, so you heard Don't Drop That Dantarant. Okay. And it was stupid. You didn't, need, you, you didn't need anyone to explain to you what the Dantanon is, what, did you? No, because I'm a fan of the Dantanon. But, <laughs> very stupid song. And it made me wonder, because right now, if we go back 20 years from today, okay, that would bring us to 95. 95, we had uh, Biggie, we had Tupac, we had Ice Cube, and we had, uh, and I'm just talking about from a hip band, I'm not even talking about soul music, but we had a lot of good music in 95, that was 20 years ago. Now, if we go back another 20 years, 75, that's when we had and Diana Ross and all that other good music. So, you know, and now we're here and I'm wondering, 20 years from now, are people going to go back and say, we had good music in 2014, 2015. How about, remember that song, Don't Drop That Dunker? You know, like, <laughs> the music is declining to a point where now we're hitting a point where the music's bad. So I'm what what's gonna happen now? Because 20 years ago we had good music, two years before great music, and now we're here. What 20 years from now? I would I would I would even say just 10 years 
from now. I think, you know, I'm I'm old enough to say that I grew up during the golden years of um of rap. So when I think back and when I think back fifteen, twenty years, I can I can say that that was good music. I can I can even say the late nineties to the early two thousands music was still good. So if it's 2015 now, I think in 10 years, in 2025, we can sit around and say, you know, 20 years ago, was the music good? Because just around about 2005, that was when we first started yuling. That's what oh the music is the same. God. So, you know, and, you know, don't if people dropping their dunk-a-duns and all of that, that's just a new version of booty meat and stanky legging. So... This has been a trend. <laughs> this is just a trend that just continues. It just continues over time. But you it's know, it's a decline that we're not gonna recover from. Do you, you know what I'm saying? Like, remember, '75 great music, '95 great music, 2015. Don't drop that junk. And yike or die. I don't know why you have it. You need to go to YouTube and Google yiking. Oh God! Right? You don't. You don't need a trick button to yike. Oh. Good. So I'm just like shout out to Sister Sweet in the chat room. Says that she had a dream about Rump Shaker during her pre-show nap. She had a dream about Rump Shaker. Now, do you remember when you first saw the Rump Shaker video and you saw Rex in effects and, and, and you thought that Teddy Riley shouldn't have shown his face in the video because we could always deny that he had anything to do with that song? <laughs> and now we think back. <laughs> and now we think back and, like, Rump Shaker is not a bad song. That was the party starter. That was a great song. And Sister Sweet is constantly dropping hints as to what her young life was about. Yes, yes. <laughs> But does it does it bother you as much as it bothers me that my little brother and both of my little brothers really and probably kids old enough to be your nieces and your nephews, they're at a party in some warehouse that got dressed up to look like a dance hall and the party starter is don't drop that dun dun by somebody oh. called DJ Swizzy Mac. Oh gosh. I am so old. Because that's, that's awful. It's just, a, it's just, you know, it's the evolution of music. Hot, come on, man. Evolution is growth. It has grown. It, it grew out. It's like that girl you used to go, you went to high school with, and she was thin. And then, you know, you seen her 20 years later at the high school reunion, and she got, she got larger. So you try to be nice, and you say, oh, you grew. Out. Like it's still growth. If it's a if, if this was like hair growth, then music is growing into a nap. <laughs> so what, like, what, what can we do about it? We, you know, we we try to do our part and have, have a show. Where we put we put on, you know, independent and unsigned artists. But like, how do you affect mainstream? When there's a change now, our age demographic are not the ones buying the music anymore. And if they are, they're not buying it because they're going to listen to it. So don't yeah. think that Dunstan is going to be top 10 on iTunes. Oh, God. <laughs> that, that's, that's scary, man. It is, it is what it is. You know, like the kids are running around today trying to figure out different ways to say something that they did about a week ago. <laughs> It just is what it is, man. The music is just you gotta enjoy what you gotta enjoy, man. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Well, this is what we gonna do. I appreciate that, man. I'm glad you you shared something with us. That I do want you to get into the habit of of doing that, man. You gotta you have a brilliant mind. I don't want people thinking that your claim to fame is that your voice is as smooth and cuddly as a Bernstein bear. Okay. I could make the woman as comfortable as Corinthian leather. See, I, there, there you go. Ain't nothing like that supple leather. <laughs> we gonna get into some music. We gonna let you uh, 
Cruz, that amazing voice of his, of the producer, is ready. We're going to get into a song from a former Neo Soul Show guest. And then we are going to play a poetic piece from tonight's guest, the Neo Soul Show. Be right back.
See, ladies and gentlemen, I didn't tell Q that the guest was a um, a poet. So when he heard the music, I'm sure he was expecting a singer. And there was some, you know, some melodic crooning in the background. But I thought that was a nice, pleasant surprise. Well, you're not to tell you about it now. So I'll do it later. Well, now is the part of the show where we bring the guest on, and the Q-Man has been gracious enough to not whine, to not complain, to not give us a hard time about introducing tonight's guest. Thank you, Man. I'm sorry, what was that? You and that new producer. Ah, speaking of which, um, producer, I need you to mute the instrumental so that everybody can hear the illustrious Q-Man. Wow. We're going to have a serious post-production meeting after this show. Whatever we need to do, as long as you do what you need to do. Let's go. She hails from Columbus, Ohio. She began writing and performing poetry at the age of 12. She is open for the likes of Talib Kweli, Dwele, and Melonia Fiona. Her debut album, Pen Strokes, was released in 2010, and her album, A Timeless Miracle, Improv, Poem, and Sound, Volume 1. She is the one and only Naki. Hello. Hey, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. It's always good to have a solo poet on the show when I'm surrounded by these literary Neanderthals. <laughs> wow. I'm going to be on the phone. Thank you for having me. Did we say your name right? Naki. Thank you. He has been bothering me for the last two hours because he really has this thing about pronouncing names correctly. I told him, like, Naki, I don't see it written any different way that it should be spelled or pronounced a different way. So let's let's go with, with the, way it's, the way it looks. Well, I'm glad you, you care about that. I mean, I'm used to my name being butchered a lot. So I appreciate that. Okay. See, Mitch is going to ask you some serious questions. But before he does, don't you find... <laughs> those intros over the top and unnecessary. You can tell us. <laughs> I was a little shocked. I was like, oh, different, but I mean, thank you. I was, right. I, was, I, was little, I was smiling. I was like, wow, this is nice. Yes. Victory uh, <laughs> once again. Uh. <laughs> This is what we want. We want you to feel comfortable and that it's different. This is not going to be your run-of-the-mill interview. Like, I'm not going to ask you when you first picked up a pencil what was your first thought. This is completely different, and that is what we want. We want you to come on smiling, and we're about to have a nice conversation. I think he doesn't – he's so into his – his persona and coolness and suave that he thinks that that it's not cool for him to sound over the top as he's putting it. Oh. Like you're taking away from not. Oh, okay. It caught me off guard because, like, listening to the show, but I've been listening to you guys. Like, his voice is really, really deep, and then um, you know, it's a higher. Oh, this is different. Yeah, we love it. We love it. Thank you for your honesty. So as Q said, so yeah, so he pretty much just handed the interview off. He's gonna jump in periodically, especially since you're a writer and he's a writer. He's going to want to pick your brain about your writing technique. So I'll do my best not to ask too many of those questions. But um, the first question that I normally ask guests on the show is not really a question. Um, mm-hmm. Just tell us, or well, we pretty much know, you know, a little bit about you. Um, just introduce yourself to our to our listeners and tell them a little bit about yourself. Okay. So um, I'm not. So I was born and raised Columbus, Ohio. Um, 
My father is from Ghana, West Africa, and my mother's from West Virginia. So, growing up, I've been, you know, immersed in the culture that my father raised me up. But also having to, you know, deal with the American aspect of it, too. So, just kind of find my own identity and who I am. Um, I've always, I'm the only child with my mother and father, so I spent a lot of time, you know, reading and writing stories and then really got into poetry um like i said in middle school and it just kind of took off from there um at first it started out just as a way of expression um but then i decided that i really really wanted to master the art and kind of make a life out of it for myself like poetry has been the catalyst for allowing me to to do a lot of many great things so i studied it um in school undergrad and I am getting ready to graduate from my Master of Fine Arts program in Poetry at Ashville. So, I'm a mom of amazing, beautiful children, and uh, I love uh, being a part of the community that I where I live and engaging with youth and teaching them uh, the tools and assets to use uh, the art to express themselves and to really. Uh, pay tribute to, to the things that are going on around us in our society today. Okay. Huh? Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, he's awake over there. Cool. Anyway. <laughs> Do you have a main source of inspiration for your writings? Well, I mean, this is like the, the generic, I would say life. Um, mm-hmm. Really studying it in school really um, allowed me to, pay, or forced me to really pay attention more to, you know, my everyday life and the things that are surrounded around me, um, mm-hmm. like, just giving me tools to uh, write, go in the bookstore, to go to this section, take a book off, and look on page 30 and take a line out of me. So, everyday experience, you know, I'm out somewhere and I'm hearing, you know, a conversation between two people you know, taking that narrative and using that as a, a way to write. Um, but just really paying attention with my poetic eye um, to all the things that are surrounding me. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm ready to go. Uh-huh. So, we, so we normally, obviously, you know, it's called the Neo Soul Show. We, we handle music and music artists, but we definitely wanted, you know, to get you on the show. Uh, shout out to Lindsay. For reaching out to us and um, introducing us to you, um, my question would be: um, As Q mentioned, you've opened for some some hip hop and R and B artists. How is how is your poetry received by those audiences? Interesting. I mean, for me, I I believe that it really is a gift people to captivate a crowd like that. Um, I've always did not come up to me and tell me like, wow, your poetry has touched me or inspired me. Um, I oftentimes get people saying things about my voice that is very strong and it's just something about it that compels people to want to listen. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I've never really necessarily paid attention to the crowd. Like, I mean, anytime that I've, I've performed, um, whether when we did it for Talis Fali, I mean, it was amongst my peers, you know, at the University of Toledo. Um, when it was in front of Dwele, it was, you know, in Toledo, Ohio for his album release party. So, I, I mean, I, I didn't necessarily know the, all, all of the people in the audience. Um, I just always go into it with the mindset, whether one person is listening and they take something away from it, then, then I've done my job. Mm-hmm. Very well put. So, talk to us a little bit about the new album, A Timeless Miracle, Improv Poems and Sound, Volume 1. Was there an agenda when you went in, or was it just you had some experiences in life and it's time to put this down on um, record? So, I'm really, really excited about this project, and the story behind it was literally like the time I was working in person and I always say that, you know, 3 a.m. is like my creative hour when I'm up and awake. 
and I knew at that point, um, this was like back in the beginning of 2013, uh, 2014, I was just like, I had this urge to really... I wanted to create an album, but I didn't want to just create an album where I was getting produced, like tracks from producers and just sitting over it. I mean, a lot of spoken word artists do that, which is nothing wrong. I mean, my first album was like that, but as a as a growing artist, I wanted to figure out what could I do to set my bar higher and what would set me apart from my peers, what would make my work stand out. And... um I had recently met a, a drummer, a, a phenomenal jazz drummer here in Columbus. His name is Cedric Easton. And um, I just felt like the drum, especially for me being from Africa, is the integral heartbeat. Like, it reminds, you know, when you think here, when you hear a drum, you think of a mother's heartbeat. It's the, the foundation musically um, of all production and all composition. So I reached out to him, and I was just like, I want to do this album but I wanted to be improv. He had never heard any of my poetry, and he was just like, I want you to trust me to find the right musicians. And I told him the specific poems um, that I had in mind and the sound that I heard, so the different instruments that I heard in each track. So he he um, reached out to a couple of his friends. They, you know, came together in one setting. I booked the studio. They had never heard any of my work. Within six hours, we recorded each of those tracks, except for one of them. We had to do it. Um, we had to record twice because the engineer was so like entranced into the like the music and the experience, he forgot to hit record. So everything was recorded one time, one take. Um, hmm. I even have it on video. I recorded it because I I didn't think I didn't I didn't know what to expect from the experience, but it was just so organic um, how it all happened and all how it came to life. I just somehow people I was able to get all of these musicians and you know um, in Columbus in one setting, which was kind of hard to do with their schedules, and record this phenomenal album. So um, I called it a timeless miracle because the music uh, to me is timeless. And when I think about, you know, other artists or other um, poets that I have studied and artists that we still listen to to this day, their music, their creation, and their art is timeless. It, it, it you know, goes on past even beyond um, their, their passing or their transition. For me, I wanted to leave my legacy, wanted to leave children, and then a mirror, you know, we have the ability to wake up. That's a mirror. That's why I'm going to Hmm. 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 When he does that, he either expected you to say something different or your answer was just so (laughs) profound. He can't even come up with like a whimsical. It was very profound. (laughs) 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 Poetry is an interesting process. T. Mitch mm-hmm. is a poet, so he has a, a, a serious handle on it. I actually write books, but I have never been able to sit and write a good poem. Like, do you do you write it at once? Do you start with an ending? Do you know how it's going to end? Like, do, do you have a sequence that you go with each time? Um, I think this is a very, very great question and a very powerful question and whoever's listening and their writers uh, I would strongly encourage you one um, to not be so hard on yourself when it comes to understanding the process in writing that evolves as you evolve and it's not something that can be necessarily um, undefined Um, for me here recently it wasn't until this past summer when I was in my second residency in graduate school uh, for my MFA in poetry that I started to really understand what my process is with writing. Um, you know, when I started out, I could I could knock it out in one setting. And I still can, depending on, you know, what it is, if I'm being hired to do it for, you know, a wedding or somebody wants me to come write for a specific event, if they have a topic. I mean, it kind of... It, it's based on uh, what is being requested of me. Um, when it comes to school, I 
I've learned that, you know, editing is a beautiful thing, like going through the revision process, which can be very challenging and very hard because poetry is everything personal. We take our writing personal, and we don't want to make any changes to it. But a poem is never really finished. There's always a saying that a poem is never really finished. So I think for me, um, it just varies. You know, there's times when I can sit down and I can write something out, you know, and knock it right out. I think those tend to be more spoken word pieces that I could get away with, you know, not editing as much. Mm -hmm. And then there's also, I guess, the written form of it, the written word. Um, If I were to submit it for publishing or something like that, that you have to pay more attention to the line because that's what poetry really is about. It's all about the line and how you, you know, put and juxtapose words together um, to make a sense. I mean, to, to make a sense and describe something. So I'm not sure if I really answered the question, but my process is, is just kind of all over the place. There's times when I can, you know, sit down and really, you know, knock out very. I know this mm-hmm. is time. I'm not proud of this, but I've had, you know, been hired to do uh, a poem for a specific event for a person, and it didn't come to me until maybe 30 minutes before I had to be there to perform it, which is kind of scary, but I kind of tend to work better under pressure like that. And then there's times mm-hmm. where I'll sit, you know, a few months on it, you know, editing it. It's understanding your process. Hmm. I, think you did, I think you did answer the question. Okay. What about you, T. Mitch? Do you have a similar process? No, it's, I, I do agree that um, most poets probably beat themselves up writing poems mm-hmm. because we write better poems in our head than we ever write down on paper. Mm-hmm. And you can have a flow in your head or you know where a poem is going in your mind and as you, as Naki said, as you grow in life and as you grow as a person and your vocabulary even grows, you find different ways to put sentences together. Um, I started with rhyme, then I moved to free verse. Mm-hmm. Now I have Now I have no idea what this game is. If I wanted to rhyme a couple of sentences and I rhyme that or if I don't want it to, it just, it just won't. It's just a never-ending thought that you kind of just want to you want to center it around a theme or an idea, but it's really just a thought and feeling that are just continuing to go and I'm going to end it here so that I don't lose your attention. That's kind of my process. It's like, uh, okay, I have a whole bunch of different thoughts. These all are all centered around each other. Let's let's tell a story here, and we, let's just stop it because I could probably write another three or four pages. I mean, the beauty in that is that you're getting it out. Like you, you're taking as long as you get it out, even if you go back, you rearrange those thoughts to get a narrative or. Um, to tell a story within what you were just trying to get it out. The beauty is that you're actually just getting it out. So, I mean, I struggle at times. I don't necessarily write every day like I know I should. Um, I have a, a, tend to, a busy life working two jobs and then being a mom, you know, it, it's kind of a struggle, but it's all about that discipline of just being able to, to get the words out first and then going back. Let me get this out before he asks another question. So um, you've had your hand in co-founding or founding a lot of organizations and different event series. Mm -hmm. Which one of your organizations or event series, which one means the most to you? That's a hard question. (laughs) Um, I am not going to (laughs) lie. Probably B. Uh-huh. It, uh, it is like the principle of my life, pretty much, you know, to develop, enhance, empower people through poetry. And I'm just grateful for the friends um, that came together from that period of time in school. It really, it really lit the fire underneath of me to to pursue poetry professionally. And 
Um, I always believe what makes an organization or a movement very powerful and impactful is its ability to be sustainable even after the founders or the original people um, have Uh left and moved. So that is very important for me um, to instill that in other people and be currently is still active on the University of Toledo campus. So it's been almost, we found, we, that was in 2004, it's almost been 11 years now, and it's still active. So I'm I'm just really proud of that. That's amazing. Yes, it is. Um, so what's next for you? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I'm shooting a video this weekend for... Um, uh, one of the tracks connecting off the album on being a woman featuring uh, my dear friend. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about that. And I will be um, doing some more traveling and performances in the next couple of months. And then I'm going to Ghana in uh, June. I'm excited about that. Oh. Nice. Yeah. Okay, um, we have to tell everybody where to find your work, so we're going to let you do that. Okay. Oh, um, well, thinking of it. They can find my work. Uh, my album is available on iTunes, Spotify, um, Bandcamp. Um, you can also um, connect with me on my website, www. Naki, N-A-K-I-C dot com available on Instagram Naki Speak, Twitter Naki Speak, Facebook you can type in Naki all caps N-A-K-I and that's my fan page um, yeah and my website connects you to all of that as well sounds good that it does T. Mitch any parting shots? Uh, I wouldn't say parting shots. Just um, thank you again for taking time out of your, your busy schedule to you know chat with us a little bit about a, a shared love in poetry. And we will be reaching back out because we have been talking about doing an on-air open mic for months now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> well, we appreciate you hanging out with us tonight. And um, okay. we'll definitely be in touch with you. We had a great time. I hope you did too. I did. I did. Thank you. I wish you. Thank you very much. You take care, and we'll be talking to you soon. Good night. Good night. T. Mitch is never going to allow a poetry slam to happen because there's that 3% chance that I give a better poem than him, and he can't take that chance. Let me tell you something. The percentage <laughs> that the percentage that you would outspit me is much lower than three <laughs> percent. Much lower than three percent. Like there are listeners that I owe a poem to. So much lower. And why are you sleeping 3%. on me? I'm not sleeping on you. I just feel like you don't understand the power that my pen and my tongue wield. Okay. Well, maybe we will get that poetry slam going. <laughs> You'll see. We gonna we gonna we, we gonna do this. We're gonna get it together, me, sister, sweet MJ. We're gonna get all of the, the past poets. We're gonna find new poets. We're gonna get everything together. We're gonna work this all out. We're gonna do this poetry slam next week on the Neo Soul Show. We will be joined by Oray and our soul sister SNIV. We'll talk to both of them about their new music. And you know, get a little, get a few more things from you, man. Wow, that music got a little louder, didn't it?
sleep in. So. Well, last thing I want to say. So, our producer, just so you guys know, was promoted from intern to producer. <laughs> and her first duties after being promoted was to boss me around about an hour ago. I just needed to throw that in there. She wasted no time wielding her power. If it wasn't for the producer, we probably wouldn't have got an intro. So <laughs> I am I am all for her using her produce her production power to get this stuff going. Also, what, what are we calling this? QT with Q Man. I'm loving this, this. I'm loving this idea. You expressing yourself in the beginning of shows. I'm loving it. <laughs> so I just had to get that out now. Well, you won't have to deal with her after the show. She's definitely texting in the chat room. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, the team mentioned myself and our great guest. We will be back next week, and we'll try to do better. Until then, make sure you check out xtdl.com. Come on out this weekend. Check out my play in Orange called Junk in the Trunk. Will do. At 351 South Jefferson Avenue in Orange. Shows are tomorrow night, Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, and Sunday afternoon. How much are they? $20? It is $20. All right, I'll be there. I want you to sign my playbill. <laughs> You're not coming. Yeah. All right, you guys. We're out of here. Good night, everybody.